that discipleship. Brother Richard, could you help me? Amen. God bless this offering today. Bless you, the givers. Amen. To the kingdom and the upbeating, upbeating of building. A building of God's kingdom. Amen. Praise God in Jesus' name. While he's taking up the offering. Amen. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. He has promised he will open all of heaven. And brother, this could be that very day when God's people humble themselves and call on Jesus. And they look to heaven expecting as they pray. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, this could be that very day. Aren't you glad? You feel like something good is about to happen? Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, we want to get right into our discipleship lesson. We've been talking about core values. Amen. And uh man, this stuff is good. <laughs> so, you know, and and... Every denomination, we have to realize in every church organization, every business, actually, you know, they should have core values. And core values are things that we hold true. It is the fundamental uh, beliefs of that organization. Amen. If you ever notice when you receive any documentation or any periodicals or magazines from the United Pentecostal Church International, as soon as you open the first page, the thing you find and the front is called the fundamental doctrine, what we believe. So there is no excuse for anybody not knowing what we believe. If you are part of this organization, amen, we must know what we believe. So the full fundamental doctrine of this organization is repentance. What a baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And for the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. Living a holy and separated life. And Ephesians 4. Admonishing brothers everywhere against their own views for the disunity of the body, right? We don't want to divide the body, Okay. So this basic fundamental doctrines of the organization should always be in our hearts, in our forefronts, in our minds. And if we study the basic doctrine of the organization, then as as Paul, as Peter uh, admonishes us to be ready to give an answer to everyone to ask you of the hope that is in you. Say, why do you live the way that you do? Why do you go to church? Why are you a part of that organization? See, you should be ready to have an answer to be presented to the book, the people that ask you in love. See, the gospel must always be presented in love, not in a uh, argumentative way, you know, because God is love. So you want to be able to know what you believe and what you teach so that you can present it to people in love. Okay. So if you, when you get these magazines, if you just remember that and, and, and work through it a little bit, you'll be able to, to share, uh, what you believe and why. Amen. So we was talking about core values and we was talking about doctrine 
Amen. And and doctrine is how we train, how we live, is the fundamental things. It's what we hold heart to be true. Amen. It is proven to be true. And so when we look at core values, we, we need to understand how they apply to us. Amen. Core values governs, first of all, it governs our personal relationships. It governs our personal relationships. Amen. If you and I don't believe the same, then we're not going to have a good relationship. Okay? That's why one of the reasons you're told not to marry outside of the church. Because if you do, then you're going to break the relationship. If if this person believes something else and you believe something else, you're walking in a division right off the start. Say, you got to be, as, as Amos says, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? And Solomon says a threefold cord is not easily broken. So core values governs our relationships. It, it causes us to, to be together. It brings us together. You know, because if you believe repentance, water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, with you know, and I believe that, then our relationships are going to be stronger. But if you believe totally different, it, we're, we're probably never going to come together. Say, it, it, we have to all believe, you know, and I'll talk a little bit here in a minute about convictions. See, that's why there's biblical convictions. There's basically three type, types of convictions. There's biblical convictions, there are church convictions, and there are personal convictions. Biblical convictions is anything that's in that book. Okay? It is not for me and not for you. If it's in there, it's for you too. Amen. Because it's the word of God. So those are biblical convictions. Jesus says you must be born again. That's a biblical conviction of the water and the spirit. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's a biblical conviction. You know, no man can come to the Father but by me. That's a biblical conviction. So if it's in the word of God, it's a biblical conviction. Church convictions are the things that we hold true as an organization, amen, and we believe and we teach, okay? That becomes a church conviction. For example, as the pastor of this church, I have certain convictions for my leaders, you know, to be able to be in a leadership position. Those are church convictions. The church convictions are usually found in the church bylaws, you know, where people, when they establish the church, they vote on certain things uh, and they put it in the bylaws and it becomes part of the church's operating procedures. We call it in the army standard operating procedures. You know? And then you have personal convictions. You know, personal convictions, person, man, don't give me anything, Diet Coke, Pepsi, none of that stuff. Okay, that's a personal conviction. Right. I don't like decaf coffee. That's a personal conviction. You know, don't mean I'm going to force that on you. You know, if you like Diet Coke, you like caffeine coffee or whatever, those can become personal convictions, you know, uh, that you you can do, you know, you can have for yourself. You know, personal convictions, that's what they are. They're personal. You may believe this or you may not believe that, but they becomes a personal thing. Okay. So, so you, you see how it works? Okay. Right, right. Personal convictions should not ever contradict the, the church or the, the Bible. 
So we have to have that understanding. So everybody, you should have some personal conviction. Don't get me wrong, you know, but you don't force your personal convictions on someone else. Okay. I know the understanding, you know, because if it's a biblical, if it's in the word of God, then it's a biblical conviction is for you is for me as well. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Good. So. These core values governs our personal relationship. Core values clarify who we are. It identifies who we are, what we are part of, the organization we are part of. Core values articulate what we stand for. Okay, what we stand for. Core values articulate what we stand for. Core values help explain why we do business the way that we do it. It helps us explain why we do things the way we do it. Core values guide us on how to teach certain things that we must teach because that becomes from our core values. Core values inform us on how to reward people. It helps us to be able to reward people. Core values guide us in helping us in making decisions. It helps us make right decisions. Core values underpin or they strengthen the whole organization. It's kind of like, as I said, from the onset is the foundation. It's what gives that organization strength, the stand. Core values require no external justification. Don't need outside people to tell them, amen. And our core values are the things that we hold to be true. It's what we hold to be true. So core values are those values that we hold which forms the foundation on which we conduct ourselves. Core values also are the basic elements of how we go about doing things. And core values are the practices that we do on a day today basics. Amen. And so that's why in the church, if we don't understand the core values, then we won't operate the way that we should operate. This is why we must grow. This is why we must study. Because once we understand the doctrine, then we can have the identity that goes along with the doctrine. Once you understand the doctrine of Jesus Christ, then you begin to change. Uh, This is why you are told to come out from among them and be you separate. But if you don't understand the doctrine, you're not going to understand why you come out and be separate. See, you want to continue down the old way and down the old pathway that you've always gone down. See, but if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. See, if we has bore the image of the earthly, Paul says, then now we must bear the image of the heavenly. But if I don't understand the doctrine, I'm not going to bear the image of the heavenly. Because the doctrine of the church is designed to bring us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Say, that's God's overall goal is to make us like him. Say, the character of God, when God said, let us make man in our image, he wants the character of us to be his character. We call it, as you always hear me say, the fruit of the spirit, but it's really the character of God. 
love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So if I add these things into my life daily, then I begin to take on the nature or the character of God. I begin to act like God. I begin to look like God. I begin to walk like God. I begin to reflect God in every area that I live. Say, this is why Peter tells you in first, second Peter chapter one, verse five, he says, add to your faith virtue, the virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance. What's temperance? Self-control, right? You got to control yourself. See? You, you have to control yourself. The temperance, patience, a long suffering, uh, you know, know that that's, that's the same word there. And godliness or holiness or separation. And the godliness, brotherly kindness. And the brotherly kindness, charity. Because if these things, what do he say, be in you and abound, they make that you should neither be unfruitful nor like in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that like these things is what? He's blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. See, so therefore we must realize that we have to make sure that we are adding, we are growing, we are maturing daily in the things of God. So the doctrine of God is designed to help us to have an understanding of how we should live, what we should do. That's why if you ever go and it was in the army, you know, when you went through basic training, they taught you all this stuff, how to salute, how to promote, uh, how to uh, shoot, how to stand, how to, they told you all kinds of stuff you had to always remember and do. Well, it was just basically the doctrine because basic training centers falls under the umbrella of the training and doctrine command. Our trade-off, we used to call it. <laughs> See? So they're designed to train the basic doctrines. So in the church, we do the same thing. We teach the doctrine of Jesus Christ. We teach the doctrine of the Word of God. So that you know what you're a part of. So that no matter where you go in the world, say, you know you'll be able to determine if you're in the right location or not. See? That's, that's, that's the purpose of basic doctrine, is so you know where you are. When you get to a place, you'll be able to determine if they're teaching truth or error. Okay? All right. So let's move on here. So our identity, amen, it should reflect Jesus Christ. Amen. We can't get caught up in the fads of this world as children of God. Paul tells us the fashions of this world is going to pass away. If something is here today, it's gone tomorrow. You know, when I was a young man, man, I used to have bell-bottom pants and high platform shoes and, you know, big collars and all that, afro hair and all that stuff. That fad has passed away. Okay? It's gone. You know? <laughs> so I came out from among them and I got separate. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So, 
so but but our identity, amen, is, is very important because it's based on the doctrine. Separation. We come out from among them. We are separate unto the Lord. Amen. You know, if you have questions about certain things, pray. Read the word of God. Ask God for clarity. Ask him for understanding. Ask leadership so that they can bring you into a full understanding of what you are to do. Amen. So these are things we hold true. Okay, last week we was talking about unity. We was talking about unity and how unity affects the body of Christ. Amen. And uh, we was looking at some areas of how to build our unity. And so I was ending last week in Ephesians 4. We was talking from Ephesians 4 and 21 through 32. And you, you notice Paul begins to say, if so be that you have heard him and been taught by him, what? As the truth is in Jesus. Say, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Say, so the truth is in Jesus Christ. So therefore, whatever is truth must flow from the words of God and be applied to our lives. Say, you want to always walk in truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. John 17, 17. And so therefore, to build the unity of the body, we got to stay in contact with the word of God. So when you read the word of God, you will notice that James tells us in James 1, 22, not to just be a hearer, but to be a doer of it. Because if we're not in unity, one of the quickest ways to break unity is to be in the body and not do what it's, it's telling you to do. Say, if you become a prisoner of war, there's certain things you're told not to do. You know, the only thing you give is name, rank, social security number, and date of birth, right? In the military, they tell you that. You know, you have to be some punishment like time X and keep on ticking, right? So you don't want to divorce a whole lot of information. You want to do everything you can to build up the body of Christ. Amen. You want to strengthen the body. You want to work together in unity because the united effort is to be able to destroy the enemy. If threefold quarter is not easily broken, then we want to all come together. You know, if you notice in the, in the scriptures, when Jesus chose those 12 disciples, they stayed together. No matter what they went through until the end. And you see what happens when Judas broke the cord, what happened? Christ died. Somebody is always going to get hurt when unity is broken. Somebody is always going to get hurt when unity is broken. Somebody can lose their lives. Somebody can create a nightmare if we do not keep the unity of the body. This is why families, when you come together, you're to become one. Because if, if, if you, if you get this unity going in there and Satan desires to split it up, somebody gets hurt every time. So you have to remember that. So number one, the thing we want to do to continue to build, I meant to strengthen the unity is build each other up. Build each other up. Romans chapter 14, verse 14 through 19. Paul writing to the church at Rome says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, 
But to him that esteem anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serveth Christ, is acceptable of God, and approve of God. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Amen. Notice, so Paul is saying here, he says, you know, if I like to eat chitlins, he says, you know, if it offends you, then I have to have some discipline, amen, so that I don't create disunity, you know. And I don't judge you because maybe if you're a vegetarian, you know. So we, we, we can't do that. We move for things that will make for peace. Say, we, we gotta stay in peace with one another. Amen. And I wanna do things to edify you. You know, if, if sometimes if, if, you know, if you're weak in an area, you know, it's easy for somebody to start saying, oh, you weakling. You know, I can't believe you can't do that. Come on. You know, get it together. You know, and as a result, it can create disunity. See, I must move for things to edify. See, to build up. See, I can say it in a more tactful way. Hey, Sister Sue, I know you can do this. Come on, you can do it. Say, I'm going to get my same point across by what, how I use the words. But if I bash you, what am I going to do? I'm going to push you further away. I don't know what fears are in you. Say, so I want to try to help you to be an overcomer. And so I do things to edify you, to build you up. To strengthen you, you know, to keep the unity, you know. I used to tell my soldiers when they would get in trouble and do wrong things, I would bring them in and I would set them down and I would go all the way back. And I would say, you know, I can remember when you were so-and-so and and little maybe a corporal or a specialist. And I would say things like, man, you did such awesome work. You did such great stuff, you know. And I'm confident that that's still in you. And then I would say things like, tell me what happened. And then I let them talk to me. And I says, I'm confident that you can still overcome and still do great things. See, that's to build them up, to keep the unity of the body. Now, if I come in and say, you knucklehead, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to push them further away. See, go AWOL. <laughs> Amen. And that's probably what would happen to a lot of them. But remember, we're called to edify. As I said, edification is probably one of those traits of character that we don't use enough. See, people are being beat up all the time. You know, people are going through so much in their lives. So we who are Christ, we've got to be able to build people up to edify the body of Christ. Keep one another strong. We want to build up the the body. 
First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 to 15. Paul says, For God have not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, notice, and edify one another even as also you do. And we beseech you, brother, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exalt you, brother, warn the unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men, See that none render evil to evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Amen. Notice, comfort one another, edify one another, build up one another. Amen. That fruit of patience, that fruit of long-suffering, these fruits has got to grow. They've got to kick in so that you learn how to wait, so that you learn how to help people. Amen. Admonish, esteem one another highly for love's sake, for God's sake. You know, you want to keep the body strong. You want to encourage. You want to help the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient towards all men. You know, everybody get on the train at a different station. So learn a little patience. You know, learn how to let people grow a little bit. You know, take your time. Edify the body. Build up. Amen. We want to stay strong together. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 3. Paul says, if there be any consolation in Christ. In other words, if there be any comfort. If there be any exhortation, if there be any encouragement, is there be any admonition? He says, if there is any comfort of love and any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercy, you know, here, he says, in other words, any humility here, he says, hey, fulfill ye my joy. That you be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or contention or vainglory, self-pride, but in lowliness, humility of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Amen. Notice, esteem other people. Build them up. Encourages them. Amen. Comfort. Encourage. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ra ra re. Kick him in the knee. Ra ra res. Kick him in the other knee. <laughs> What's the purpose of pep rallies? Amen. To encourage them. That's why the schools have the cheerleaders as, as cheerleaders. To, to, to encourage the body, build the team up. You know, that's why when you're in the military, they run in formation singing cadence. They're bringing esprit de corps, unity, camaraderie, edification, encouragement. So Paul says, if there be any exhortation in Christ, 
He says, in comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercy, any affection, any kindness, any compassion, and benevolence, and mercy, he says, fulfill my joy. He said, make me happy. He says, I think myself happy, but make me happy. See, it's what he's saying here. Because I want it to be strong. I want us to be strong. Amen. Esteem other people better than yourself. No, you go first. It blows people's mind a lot of times. You tell them, you go first. Go ahead. Get in the line. Eat first. You know, take that front seat. I'll stand up. Go ahead. Strengthen, edify, build up, encourage one another. Amen. So, so to keep the unity, we need to get in the habit of building people up. Amen. I know Michaela is going to be a great, bah. see? <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> She's going to be a great pastor's wife someday. <laughs> I'm always messing with Michaela. Amen. But, but hey, but that's, that's how we edify and build up people. Amen. Encourage. You know, husbands edify wives. Wives edify husband. You know, children edify parents. Parents edify children. All this stuff. See? Because why? You're a body. And you're trying to keep the unity of the body. If I'm always kicking and yelling at the dog and cat and hollering and yelling and screaming at my kids, what's going to happen? I'm going to break unity in my family. That's not good. If I'm telling my husband he's no good and you can't do anything right and you don't listen to me and you continue on and on and like vice versa, you know what's going to happen? It's going to break unity. See? But if we use words of exhortation, if we use words to edify and to build up, it'll keep things strong and together and intact. Because that's what we want to keep is the unity of the body. Amen. Number two, we want to recognize the value of people. Recognize the value of people. You know, when we study the Apostle Paul in Acts 9, you know, in verse 10 through 17, you know, when Paul was, was knocked off his mule or his horse, whatever he was riding, amen, he's blind, and God goes to Ananias and he tells him to go down to the street called Straight because Paul is down there and he's seen a man, Ananias, and I say, oh, Oh, no, you got the wrong guy here. Uh, he says, God, I, I think you know he's out resting people that believe on you, right? You know, and God says, hey, go your way. He's a chosen vessel. See? <laughs> he's a chosen vessel for me. So, therefore, we, we got to res- recognize the value of people. Amen. Think about David. See, they didn't think David was the one to be the king. When Samuel went to Saul, I meant to David's father, Jesse's house, amen, they brought in everybody else. <laughs> David's still out in the field watching the sheep, you know. And they passed by Samuel. He said, oh, this one ain't it. Next one, oh, he ain't the one, you know. And then finally Jesse, Samuel says, you got any more kids? <laughs> yeah, I got a little one. He's out there in the field with the sheep. He said, well, go get him because we ain't sitting down until he come in here, you know, and stuff. And David was chosen. 
See, so we have to look at and recognize the value of people when we are doing things. Gideon was hiding behind the wine press. You know, he didn't think he was worth anything. But God saw him as a mighty man of valor. As soon as the angel appeared to him, he says, blessed are you, mighty man of valor. Me? Yeah, you. See, so we have to realize that Moses was faithful in all his house. See, so we have to be able to recognize the value that everyone. You figure if the person is in the in the kingdom, been brought to the kingdom of God, they've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, they're valuable to God. See, because no man can come to the Father except the Lord draws him. So when God pulls people. We must see the value, you know, in that individual. What is God wanting to do? Where does God want this individual to fit in the body? Say, he's got a purpose. As the Lord said through Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, to give you an expected end. See, so if God can see the value of people, then we must see the value of people. If he's not willing that any should perish, we should be willing to not see any perish. We should go out of our way to try to share the truth of the gospel to bring people into the fold of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to recognize the value of people. Number three, whoa, my time is getting away. We must focus on what is important to keep the unity We must focus on what is important. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The gospel is important. Amen. The gospel is important. So it's very important. Paul writing to the church at Colossae says in chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, If you then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid in Christ, in, with God, Christ with God, in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. The things that are important, focus on those things. Things that are true. Things that are honest. Things that are lovely. Things that are pure. Things that are just. Things that are a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Paul says in Philippians 4, think on these things. What is important to you? Is church important to you? Focus on it. Is the word of God important to you? Focus on it. If heaven is important to you, that's where your focus need to be. See, you need to focus on the things that are important. Your family should be something that is important, that you work on to make sure you keep the unity of the body. See, those, these are important things. See, Jesus says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So your soul should be something that is important, and you shall be focusing on it. I think Paul puts it this way in Acts 2.42. He says, uh, it's 41, 40, 41. Yeah, 
Save yourselves from this untoward generation. So that's important, right? Amen. I got, that should be an important man. I got to save me. You can't save me. I have to save me. See? So I have to do the things to save me. I have to do the things to try to help my family stay safe. See? And so we have to focus on the things that are important. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Okay? So, this is important. Number four, limit our liberty out of love for each other. Limit our liberty out of love for each other. Amen. We're called to freedom, right? But I can't use my freedom to the unity of the body. Galatians 5.13, Paul says, For brethren, you have been called to liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Amen. Don't let your freedom cause you to cause others to stumble. You know, so you want to use it for the right reasons here. So love each other. Serve one another out of love. We're called to be servants of the Lord. So we want to serve one another out of love. I'm doing this. Why? Because I love God. Amen. And God loved me, for God so loved the world. Amen. Romans fourteen thirteen. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. See? I don't want to trip you up. I want you to stand strong. I want you to be solid. Amen. I don't want to do things that make you fall. I want you to grow. I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? Because we're on the same body. Amen. As the old saying, the chain is only as strong as the weakest link. See? So if I got a weak link, I got to build and strengthen that link so it'll be stronger. Unity. You and I together. Number five. Don't force our opinions on others. And I talked about this a little bit at the onset. Amen. Don't force your opinion on other people. A lot of people that are weak sometimes can believe your opinion to be true and go down the wrong road. Say, sometimes in leadership, a bit, a bit, uh, leadership positions, we have to, we have to even be careful because the fact of the matter, if it's my opinion and I'm in a leadership position, uh, and you, uh, may be a little apprehensive or fearful of me, you might think what I'm saying to be true. And you may start doing what I'm saying, and it's just my opinion. See, so you have to be careful. See, so we don't force our opinion on other people. You know, if it's your opinion, be, be man and woman enough to say, this is my opinion. Everybody has opinions. You know, sometimes your opinion may help me to change my mind of something I was thinking about doing wrong. You know, for example, you know, if you're going down the wrong road and I say, you know what? I think my opinion is the bridge is out. <laughs> you know, so, so you have to, you have to realize that, you know. 
<laughs> so you might want to change and turn around. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, but it, but if if my if you if you turn around and say to me, well, that's just your opinion, and I'm giving you biblical truth, then yeah, you're gonna be in some serious trouble because I'm gonna say, no, this is truth, and that happens a lot of times. People say, oh, that's just your opinion. Oh, no, it's not. It's in the word of God, and I can show you it's in the word of God. See, so it's true. Okay, so it's not my opinion. And so, and that happens a lot of times. I get that all the time. People say, oh, that's just your opinion. Okay, let me show you. Okay, number six, we want to live by faith. Live by faith. Hebrews 10:38 said, "Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him." See, from the time we are saved, we must begin to live by faith. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, "He that cometh to God, what must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him." See, we have to walk by faith. We, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to see everything. You just got to go based on the word of God, believe what God says in his word, and realize he'll come. Amen. As the old folk says, ask Job. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there on time. They say, you know, has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, <laughs> you know, amen. Even in the fire furnace, you know, he showed up right on time, you know, at the Red Sea, you know, amen. When the, the Egyptians was pursuing, moment of time, in the right time, the river opens up and God says, go forth, amen. He, he'll be there. So we walk by faith. And, you know, it goes back to patience and trust and believe in God for his word. He can't lie. Amen. He, he, he's, he's going to come through. And so, therefore, we still live by faith. Amen. So because we want to continue to build the unity of the body. Amen. He will come on time. So, let's live by our faith. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So, the more of God's word you study, the more of God's word you hide, the truth of the word in you the stronger your faith will be. The more you trust God, the more you put your trust in him. Amen. The more you do, you will see your faith will grow. You know, believe him. Don't lean to your own understanding. A good example, that's why when we say faith promise, say, pray, ask God, God, what you want me to do? You know, and if he tells you something to do, do it. You know, I think Mary told the servants, whatever he say to you to do, do it. Yeah. And what did Jesus tell them to do? He said, fill the pots with water. And they filled them all the way to the top. He says, fill them. They filled them. And then all Jesus says, draw and go give it to the governor. Wow. Uh, So whatever he tells you to do, when you pray, what if he tells you to do, do it. You know, how many testimonies have you heard people give about being driving down the road, you know, and God says, turn down this road and go here, do this, do that. 
know, I, he's had me do some great things. And, you know, and I, and I think it, it did. It definitely did help my faith, you know, of giving and everything else. You know, God tells me a number, I do it. You know, that's how I put my trust and my faith in it. You know, if God tells me when I'm in the store and somebody is telling me something and the Holy Ghost say to me, pray for them, I'm laying hands. We're praying. You know, my wife and I was at Penny's the other day. The guy's telling us how sick he was. You know, my wife just felt the start praying for him. We just joined together. Boom, right there in the store. You know, and started praying for this guy. You know, build your faith. We're believing God, you know, for the things that he will do. Amen. We got to walk by faith. Amen. Number seven. Got a couple of seconds here. Amen. Be involved in the work of the Lord. Be involved in the work of the Lord. You don't have to have a pulpit ministry. You don't have to have a singing ministry. There's so many things you can do in the body of Christ. Think about all the nursing homes today. Think about the veteran homes. Think about, you know, your neighbors that may be getting elderly, you know, that you could cut their grass or hedge their grass or, you know, when you're going to the store to ask them, you know, hey, do you need me to bring you something back? You know, do you need me to pick you up some milk or you need me to pick you up sugar or whatever? There's so many things we can do. The ladies here, you know, they come and they make blankets that they give out and they fellowship together. You know, just think of all the things we can do in the kingdom of God, you know, that will keep the body, you know. Jesus, I think in Matthew 25, he says, I was in prison. You came to me. Man, we got all kinds of prison ministries. You know, we got prison chaplains, police chaplains. You know, you don't have to have a license to to be a, a chaplain. You know, you can go to the classes, get certified in these areas and be on call just like I am. To just go in when they call to go out and notify somebody if somebody's deaf. You know, that's all part of the ministry, the help of the ministry. There's just so many areas. You know, I was sick. You come visit me. You know, how many of these people we pray for, you know, you call them and say, hey, I'm just checking in to let you know I'm praying for you. You don't have to get personal or anything. You can just send a text or whatever. Say, hey, I'm praying for you. You know, that that builds the body. That builds the unity. That way those that are out there will know they are not forgotten. Again, so get involved in the in the kingdom and in the work and the building up and the edifying of God. Number nine, recon, pray. Pray. Did I miss eight? Reconciles. I'm sorry. Reconcile. You know, if you got ought against somebody, pray. I meant pray. Go to them. Go to them. You know, we have the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. So let's go to people. If there's disunity between you and someone else, go to that individual and talk to them and say, please forgive me. I'm sorry. You know, as you hear me say, God put the responsibility on the person to think they're right. See? So therefore, if I think I'm right and you and I feel you're wrong, then it's up to me to go to you, not you to come to me. 
See, we reconcile. We keep the body together. Amen. Colossians 2, 3, 12 through 15. Put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Even if God, if man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Think about how much God forgave you and I. Think, oh, yeah, I don't know how many sins you have, but mine was too far to number. <laughs> and I think the psalm says, Lord, if you would mark iniquity, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you. See, so if God forgave us, we should be willing to forgive others. Why? To keep the unity of the body. Amen. Pray. Pray. But I, Matthew 5.44, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you. Amen. Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 5, I exalt therefore that first of all, supplications, prayer, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth for there is one god and one mediator between god and men the man christ jesus See, so we need to pray for people, pray for one another, encourage one another. Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The more you pray, the stronger you will stay. Number 10, avoid gossip. Avoid gossip. Amen. Don't get into gossip. It'll break the unity so quick in the body. Proverbs 6, 16. These six things that the Lord hate. Yea, seven is an, are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soareth discord among brethren. Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19. So avoid gossip. Amen. Psalms 34, verse 11 through 13. Come ye children. Hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desire life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking gal. Amen. Watch what you're saying. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 6 through 8. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, and there is nothing forward or perverse in them. Amen. So we we don't want to use our members, the lips, for the wrong reason. I want to use my mouth to bring this unity in the body. I want to use my mouth for the edification and the building up and the edifying of the body of Christ. Number 11, talk to others you don't know to build the unity. If new people come in, talk to them, get to know them, encourage them. Hebrews 13, 1 through 3, let brotherly love continue. 
Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember them that are in bond as bound with them, and them which suffered adversity as being yourselves also in the body. So let brotherly love continue. Entertain strangers. You never know. God might be God's angel visiting you. You know, might be that one that needs to lay hands on you and help you out there. Amen. So talk to other people. Build them up. Encourages them when they walk through the door. Number 12, love, 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 love. John 13, 35. If by this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Say, so the body should have love. Why? Because we're built on love. This is Christ's doctrine. He is, he's love. He's the foundation. So everything is built on love. John says in 1 John 4, 7 to 21, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he have seen, how can he love God whom he have not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loved God love his brother also. And so therefore, to keep the unity of the body, these 12 things that we just talked about must be in operation because they are part of the core values of the unity of the body. So we've talked about doctrine, we've talked about identity, and we've talked about unity. So the next two weeks we'll be talking about the ministry and worship. Amen. Apostolic worship and apostolic ministry. Okay? Amen. So let's take a break. Amen. God, we thank you in Jesus' name.